welcome to the Carrier's Edge podcast number 74. I'm Jane Jazrawi, co-founder of Carrier's Edge. And with me as always, Mark Morell, other co-founder of Carrier's Edge. And I'm so excited. Yes. It occurs to me that this is the third day in a row we've done something together that featured this sort of opening. <laughs> well, you've finally got it down now. I think we did a good opening. But I want to talk about what's going to happen over the next few days. Okay. Because I'm excited. Jumping right into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good because then I don't have to think. So start talking. What do you got? I am talking about Truck World. Ooh. Yeah. I am so looking forward to it. It's the first show. I mean, I feel like I don't have to do any work for this show. I mean, except for the work that we do for the show. But it doesn't seem like the same kind of work as we do for the, same, the TCA convention. Or other conferences yeah. where we're doing a speech. Yeah, we're and not, no speech. we're just hanging out at a booth, which is, we're just going to see a whole bunch of people that we know that we haven't seen since 2019 or have only seen very briefly. So it's going to be nice to kind of get back to normal and mm-hmm. hang out at a show. And also I'm very excited because we're going to have our, our staff, a lot of our staff are coming and uh, it'll be their first truck world and yep. their first trucking event. And I'll get to see their faces. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bunch of people coming that we'll finally get to meet in person, which I is know. nice. And it is uh, it's shaping up to be a very interesting show. Uh, it's the largest truck show in Canada. It's really the only one. And it occurred to me the other day that it's becoming one of the only ones in North America. Like when we first came into the industry, there was like at least four, if not five of these major shows. And now we're down to just this one in Mid-America. Well, Mid-America, do they even have equipment there? No, they don't even have the manufacturers. So as far as big, like driver-focused shows that have the manufacturers, this is the only one now. So, so it's kind of um, weird. Gats isn't around anymore. Yeah, Gats did not survive the recession or the, uh, the pandemic, did not survive that. And uh, the, uh, the other one that used to exist, the Great West Truck Show in Vegas, was gone years ago. So, Wow. And NACV uh, went a couple of times and didn't uh, come back. So the market is ripe for a new truck show to happen, especially in the U.S. Or the market is saying there's no opportunity here. You know, nobody wants to do it. But in any case, this is the big show in Canada. This is the really really the only big event like this because outside of this, there's small regional shows and job mm-hmm. fairs and things. And, um, and I guess there's a, a relatively decent sized show expo cam in Montreal on alternate years put on by the same people, but not as large as this. And is there one in the East? I thought that there was one in the Maritimes. Oh, I guess there's, yeah, there's the Atlantic truck show. Right. Uh, it's a smaller one. It's probably the same size as expo cam. But really okay. nothing out west. I like Truxpo, but it's fairly small too. Who does Truxpo? I don't remember who puts that oh, show okay. on. It's, um, it was our first, oh no, I think it was our second experience with shows in trucking. Truck World? It yeah, was the, the first, first one we did was the, uh, the recruiting retention. Yeah, the old recruiting retention conference. That's where we officially launched. Right. But then we officially launched. Officially launched. We showed up and told people we had a product. And we had a little crap flyer. But we can call that flyer. officially launching. Yeah, we told the world that we had a product. And none of them chose to buy that product. Yeah, we just, and then we went along our merry way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Truck World was, 
was that the second one? That was probably, yeah, the next major event that we did. And we, we worked so hard on our booth. A booth <laughs> that somebody else, somebody has later described as something looking like a science fair project. <laughs> yeah, it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never had a... We'd never nobody, done a trade show. We had no booth yeah. experience and we had no money either. So, so it the, was homemade. It was very homemade and it looked homemade. I don't know if we could get away with that now. Unless we were doing it like kitschy, like doing it ironically. Yeah. yeah. But we had, I mean, we knew nothing. I knew nothing. I think you may have had a vague idea. I'd never even been to a trade show. Oh, I'd been to a trade show, but I had no idea what went into it. Actually, I had been to trade shows. I had never exhibited. So I had been to maybe one or two as just somebody walking around the show. So your specialty was like the technical back end of it like the lms Mm -hmm. part of it and nobody knew what an lms was and just in case you don't know it's a learning management system which was unheard of in trucking now you can actually say that and some people actually understand but i helpfully had a large diagram of (laughs) the components of our element our lms that featured prominently in our booth and that nobody cared about people looked at it trying to figure out what the hell is that did not do much you for us. You notice that we don't ever put anything we about our LMS anymore. We do not have diagrams <laughs> of our system in our booth anymore. But when we were at Omni and we were consulting, when we were doing all of that work, everybody wanted to know about yep. the, the architectural structure. So, I mean, that seemed like a reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you picked up from the recruiting and retention show, but I highly doubt that there were any e-learning vendors there. No. No, there was no e-learning vendors. And um. What else did we have? I remember it was blue. We had a lot of blue. Yeah. And I was probably did I, it I was probably one of designed the old, that. Uh, it was cobbled together by a, a bunch of, yeah, it looked like it was the work of a committee. <laughs> None of whom know anything about design. Or trekking. Yeah. But anyway, we that's have, not what we're doing now. We have improved now. Yes. No, we have, we have a cool booth. Our booth um, looks good. We have, yeah, and people know where it is. Hopefully they come to find us. What number is it? It's 1403, but if oh, you're, that, yeah, I if you're just, listening to I this. I was just setting up. I just came back from there. And, um, well, by the time this hits the streets, yeah. the show will be over. So, And I have confirmed. You should have come to visit us. That's going to be. <laughs> but if you If do, people come to the show, it'll be easy to find us because. And if you do listen to us, then you're coming to the show and you're probably going to come by the booth. Yeah, it's really, it's going to be pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Yeah, our booth good. is very prominent now. Oh, good. Yay. Mm-hmm. Remember when we were like back in the the nosebleeds? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so when it, we kind of, as we, as we figured out how we were going to sell our product and we kind of inched forward like over i guess we've been exhibiting since about 2008 2006 was the first time oh 2006 so since then in the ensuing 15 years we've actually figured out how to market ourselves and moved our booth up a little bit Mm -hmm. so i remember when we were sort of halfway back well the key the key to marketing yourself better is book early (laughs) Book book the spot as soon as you can and you will get a better spot yeah that's true so, but we also have now figured out how to decorate our booth. Did we even have a carpet the first time? I don't think so. I think we, no, we do have a carpet actually. Uh, it's still around here. Is it oh, the carpet that it's we the carpet have right here? Now, no, it's the one that's now in my drum room. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went and got, went to like a carpet place and got some remnants, some scraps that oh happened to God. fit. 
Man, I feel like, like we were bucks. putting a show on in the barn with Mickey and Judy. We basically were. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't sell anything. <laughs> you know, in in other stories of companies, I'm sure that no matter how crappy the sign is, people still sell things. Yeah, that's the TV version of it. Oh, where you have one this little is a problem. Yeah, one little ten foot booth with just the name of your company. And you have one little flyer on your table and you still have people rushing to buy it. (laughs) Yeah. The real world is a little different than that. Oh, okay. You have to actually have some. It's weird is that you can't, the show doesn't work for you until you have something to show. But when you're just first starting out, you have nothing to show and no one cares. And oh, it's depressing when you think about it. And this is what you wanted to start this episode with. I don't know. I was reminiscing and I just forgot how bad it was. (laughs) (laughs) You just went a little too far down the well there. No, now it's good. Well, hopefully if people are still interested in talking to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I, we're going to have a lot of our staff members are wandering around the show, learning about trucking through osmosis. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully everybody will go and sit in a truck, go check out a sleeper, go check out some uh, some different types of equipment. Well, your plan is a really good one and one that probably more people should do when they have new staff coming to a show. And that is give them a checklist or like basically give them work to do. And you put together, you called it a scavenger hunt, but it reminds me of the old on-site practice things that we used to do for the gas stations where mm-hmm. you'd have to go and find the fire extinguisher or find the spill kit and all of that sort of thing. So you've kind of done the same thing here giving people a list of things to go and explore, try and find some of them. And I think some of them might be red herrings. So we'll see. Well, I kind of... And I can say that because by the time this episode comes out, the show will be done. Yeah, this is true. So maybe we shouldn't be talking about this so much. Oh, we can hype it as a great idea. We'll see if it pans out. Yeah. We'll We'll see if they uh, revolt. We'll let you know on the next episode of this podcast, how did my scavenger hunt turn out? Mm-hmm. Which is basically, like, people don't know what to look for. They don't even know what's there. Yeah. So I I basically put a list together of the things that I look at, that I notice some of our partners, you know, some of our customers, they might come. I don't want them to go up and say, are you a carrier? Is that a customer? Like, I don't want them to do that. So. They may actually recognize some of them, or they may actually they may recognize some of the best fleets. Hopefully, you'll see a logo or two uh, around because mm-hmm. um, there are some best fleets there. Um, yeah, so you know, it's really it's kind of a drag when you're just wandering around going, "What is this hunk of metal yeah. supposed to be for?" Yeah. So I have one entry, which is just find a hunk of metal you don't really know what it's for, and then we can probably figure it out after. Yeah, and there's like aisles and aisles of people that are selling these things. Hunks of metal. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I want them to um, get whatever handouts that they can and mm. sort of read them. That's because good Because it does, you know, you do get some sense of what people are trying to sell to the industry. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did not put on there, and I should have, is truck washes. Oh. There's so many truck wash uh, companies there. There's like and actually, four. I was just down there setting up and we were walking around a little bit and there was one person or one booth that was selling those large um, vertical roller brush things been around and are part of a wash. 
And Sarah said, what is that? And I said, I think it's part of a wash, a trailer wash or a truck wash or something. Looked cool in the booth spinning around and all shiny. But It always looks cool, but you have no idea what it's for. Yeah. So that's the other equipment. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can, you know, maybe it's for a wash bay. Who knows? Yeah. But there's a, you can find everything for a truck at Truck World. So yep. it's aptly named. Mm-hmm. It is the whole world of trucks. It is. And maybe we should like, you know, take this podcast to Newcom and say, hey, look how much we were pumping your, your show. Yeah. Can we get a back end here? <laughs> yeah. Can we get a discount on I our next booth? I don't think we're, we're going to though. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be fun. It's very cool to be back there. It sort of feels, feels nice, like getting back to normal. Um, it's been, it's actually been four years since the last show because it only runs every two years. So it's been quite a while, and I think we probably mentioned on a previous episode that there really hasn't been much uh, in the way of Canadian activities. There's been some American things. The U.S. stuff was starting to open up and go back to normal, you know, a few months ago, maybe even last summer. But here, it's still been pretty locked down, and this is like the first real event happening. So I think it's going to be very cool. I think it's going to be a lot of people that are very happy to be out doing stuff. Was everybody wearing a mask? No. Oh. Um, well, I guess there's a really high ceiling. It's, it's yeah, not I would a, say 20% people mm, wearing masks. I wonder what it's going to be like. I think it'll probably be about like that. Yeah, it's high ceilings and you don't get that close to people. So uh, there was a few, but it was just assembly and it was still quite um, like earlier in the setup than I expected it to be. So there's still kind of mapping out the booths and starting to get things set up. And there's a lot of people that hadn't done anything at all yet. So, Well, the show doesn't actually open until... 10 o'clock tomorrow. I yeah, so time. I guess if you don't go to the opening kickoff breakfast presentation thing, you could show up tomorrow morning and set your booth up. Yeah, I could never do that. I was always way too stressed. I want to be down there, have it set up and be ready for everything you know, the day before. Okay, so what else is going on? Well, we also did a Best Fleets webinar this week. Oh, man, that seems like it was ages ago. It was yesterday. (laughs) Part one of our two-part Best Fleets uh, webinar. Mm -hmm. And day one basically was all about the driver surveys. Yes. And you found some very interesting things in those surveys. And I would summarize it as, Everybody has got lots of good technology, but you need to have people included in that equation as well. Tech plus people equals success. And that's what the drivers seem to be saying, like technology is great, but don't forget about us. They didn't say it in so many words, but that's kind of the message coming through in all of their survey responses. Yeah, it wasn't so much that, I don't think that they dislike the technology. I think that the, I don't want to say grievance, the dissatisfaction is coming in the implementation. So you're getting this technology and you get it in your truck and you don't get any warning. There's no, there's no pilot projects. There's no input from drivers and what they like or don't like. It's just, okay, we're putting in this tech and use it. And they don't necessarily like what it's for either. So I I think that more, I, I think if fleets take more time to do an implementation for drivers. I think a lot of people did a lot of last minute tech and just kind of dumped it. Yeah. Or, and that seemed to be the message is tech is great, but don't forget to include us in the planning. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but there was other stuff that I was talking about in the in that that was that was the really like smacked me in the face kind of thing because the adoption or the the statement that we have in the survey about um, how included they feel in the selection of tech and things like that was so low. It was the yeah. lowest score I've ever seen. It was mm-hmm. under fifty percent uh, strongly agree, which is really low like yeah normally we look to see if there's agreement and if the uh, somewhat and strongly agree options are under 80 percent, it indicates that there's sort of a weakness there relatively speaking and this one i think was like 48 Mm percent on the strongly agree and like 20 percent on the agree so it was like way under 80 percent. it was very low and the and the strongly disagree was really high. Mm-hmm. So normally strongly disagree is between one and 2% uh, for normal, you know, that's kind of average. Under one is, is good. This was uh, 4.7. Wow. Yeah. So, so double, more than double what oh, you normally yeah. see. And the comments weren't too negative. There were some negative comments, but the comments in general weren't that negative, but they were completely different than what the survey, like what the survey results were. And there was another one, uh, routing, um, routing and planning. There was dissatisfaction with that too. That's normal, but it was way down the list. Like it was only the fifth worst score. And that's normally the worst one. Yeah. That's not, that's normally. Yeah. It's usually the worst performing one on the, on the driver survey. And this time there was several others that beat it. And career path was worse. Yeah. It was routing. interesting too. Uh, you know, I I think people are more interested in what they can do with trucking. Like if you're going to, if you're going to encourage someone to go into an industry, then you might want to think about having a plan for them after the first five years. Or even after the first, first year, right? Because a lot of the time, all the focus is on the first year. Yeah. That's true. Like, you know, after the first year, then what are you supposed to do? Are you still doing the same job? Do you want to still drive the same truck? Are you, is there anything else you can do? Is it, is it still like this day in, day out? I mean, nobody really wants to do exactly the same job day in, day out. Most people are looking for something that is a little bit more interesting or feel like that they can progress. And if you are making the same money, doing the same job, there's really no you know, if you're, you're getting other offers from outside the industry, then that's going to be a big lure because other career or other jobs have like, at least your money is going to be raised. Yeah. You have some novelty and some things that you can do that are new and try some different things and the money goes up and there's opportunities to get into more senior positions. And there are in trucking too. Like absolutely. There are the same things in trucking it just takes a little bit more imagination because it's not sort of set in, set in stone. A lot of people kind of, I think in, in the past, a lot of people kind of went from, okay, I'm driving a truck. Now I own two trucks. Now I own five trucks. And if I'm really successful, I'll own 20 trucks. Mm-hmm. And then you have a fleet and, and then you kind of go from there. You're an owner. So it really goes, you know, driver, owner, operator, owner. And that's what I kind of infer. I haven't really seen any other career path or you go into safety and that's. Well, there is still the company driver to 
sort of team lead or the unofficial team lead, the one that everybody looks to. And then there's now trainer. And now there's trainer. Yeah, but that's still kind of the end point for the position when it's still in driving. Unless you operate different equipment. I think that there's a huge opportunity to, especially if you have multiple different types of vehicles, trailers, you know, you can take people from drive-in to flatbed to overweight stuff and, you know, different types of um, cargo, you know, hauling glass, hauling specialized stuff. Like, you know, if you can transport specialized material, your rates go up. And if you're oversized, for Mm -hmm. sure, oversized and overweight, then, I mean, you can make a lot of money. But people don't really... It's weird. It's like people want, I don't think the career options are explained really well. Yeah. So the idea of maybe you go from drive-in to reefer, even that I think can be a difference in in your rate. Yeah. And realistically, you probably do need to move around companies or be at a company that's large enough to have all of those different options. Mm -hmm. Because I think about the typical career path of a safety person and we've been around long enough to see that, that they will often move from driving into being kind of a trainer, and that takes them sort of into a compliance job. They end up kind of as a junior safety person, and they will take over at running safety at a smaller fleet. And then every few years, they tend to move on mm-hmm. to different companies. And part of that is that good safety people want problems to solve. They want to go somewhere, fix it, make it better. And then once that's done, they got to go find the next problem to solve. And at the same time, they want to keep growing the challenge. So they grow the business that they're doing safety for. So they start doing safety for a 50 truck fleet, and then they move to a 80 or a hundred truck fleet. And then they sort of progress from there. And then they get to a point where they've done it. You know, they've done that a few times and they flip over to the insurance side and they do risk (laughs) consulting there, or they go out on their own and start a business. Right. But there is something about a career path. And it's not uncommon for people to leave and go from company to company every three to, year, three to five years, something like that is not unreasonable. And so that might be the case for drivers as well, that to have a really good career path, they do need to either work at a large company that has all of those options or spend a few years at a drive-in company and then you go and move over to a reefer company or bulk or something like that, or you move into tanker or flatbed and then grow your skill set there and presumably grow your money and your expertise at that point as well. I think the more types of equipment that you can operate, the better. And the more, you know, if you can haul hazmat, if you can, you know, if you have your Twit card mm-hmm. or go across border, like all of these things can make a difference in your career just because you're more experienced. And if you keep your, you know, if your safety, if your own safety record is up, then, you know, if you, if you don't have, you know, problems, then you can be really, really valuable. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I wonder if drivers actually ask for a price, like when they're really good, I wonder if that's going to start where, you know, carriers are offering people money, but maybe it may switch over to a driver is going to say, I'm not going to work for less than this. (laughs) That would be really interesting to see especially because we're seeing the first signs that the freight boom is ending, mm-hmm. that the good times are going to be drying up soon. But yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, that's kind of what's happening in tech where there's a sustained shortage of good people. 
the good ones are kind of naming their price. Well, I wonder if you want a good driver trainer, if you want somebody who is who has a reputation or who has been around in the industry and has, you know, three million safe miles, they should be asking for even if they are still driving and they're not. Yeah, even if they're still I want I don't want to say just driving. But even if they're still driving and not doing anything else, if they have that seniority and they have the possibility of being a driver trainer and doing all of the different things that you can do as a driver, being that person who is relied on on the road, I think companies would be well, it would be smart, I think, to have a position, almost like a floater position of a senior driver who has the experience who can mentor other people, who can coach other people and pay that person more than just for for driving. And and I don't even mean like a driver mentor or driver trainer, just somebody who's just really experienced because I think what the next problem is going to be is that there aren't any experienced drivers. Interesting. There are going to be a lot of new people coming in with all of the attention on entry-level programs and all of that stuff. There's going to be way too many newbies on the road. And not enough experience. And, yeah. Same issue that the airlines are struggling with now. They don't have a lot of experienced pilots. So the experience has left the building and why would they come back? Interesting. So you got to make it worth their while. So basically pay them such that they don't care about miles. Maybe they are running some loads. They are doing some miles, but their primary job is to fill in the holes and build institutional knowledge mm-hmm. amongst the the junior drivers that it would be a very good career path and a very cool idea and it wouldn't be it could be almost maybe a driver advocate or a driver it, maybe it would be an office position and and some fleets have this where there is somebody in driver services who's just there to help yeah someone there to talk to i know i've spoken to somebody in best fleets about this that there's someone there who's an ex driver just there to talk to, give advice, help out, do that kind of stuff. And I think that would be a a great position for senior drivers who may want to drive, but not as much and, but have all of that knowledge and who can help. Well, that person could help a lot with tech implementation, decisions around how to do things, process stuff help with onboarding, Mm -hmm. uh, help with sort of working with maintenance to improve the processes there. Yeah, that would be a very valuable position. That could be really good money spent there. So there you go. Anyone listening, mm-hmm. there's a thought. <laughs> See if anybody actually does anything like that. Yeah, that's a good or idea. Or they may already be doing it, and I just don't know about it. I yeah. actually found out about some a service today that I had never heard of, and I was quite surprised. I heard of it. it I was talking to... Uh, an insurance, someone from uh, an insurance broker, and they sent me, it was called Cab, and it was from, it's a service from Randall Riley, and basically takes all the safer numbers and crunches them up, and you can get a report for your carrier, and and so you can see all of your, it has all this information about the customer, like the people that you are delivering to, and different collision rates and things like that, like all of the different inspection thing results and things like that, that insurers use to um, help them determine. How's that different than the regular safer report? It takes the report and basically makes it into a nicer version 
um, or mm. I think it's more formatted or I, I'm not sure if it's just presented differently. I don't really know enough about it. And I didn't see that much of it, but I, I had never heard of it. Hmm. And and that's when I looked it up on the website, it was Cab by Randall Riley. And I was thinking, what? I don't hmm. know anything about this. How do I not know? But apparently fleets subscribe to it and and they get this information that's all sort of combined in, in one area. Interesting. Well, I know they have put a lot into that. I don't want to say data warehousing, but it's almost that kind of thing where they're building this mm -hmm. huge repository of information about fleets and the individuals at those fleets and what all of the fleets are doing, the equipment that they're operating. Yeah. So they're getting to have quite a large data set on all of the people that are operating uh, tracking fleets in the U.S. So it doesn't surprise me they have that as well. Yeah, it was interesting. What I was looking for, what I'm looking for is information about what content to put into a tanker courses. And so our vehicle inspection for tankers, I want to do something on roll, rollovers. We're going to do something on injury prevention around tankers. But we have, I think that our generic content works for tankers, but I want to have it more. We're working right now on making it more customized for tankers. So okay. that's going to be in the next six months. But that was what I was doing. I'm, I've been doing some like just sort of, searching around I was like what do you guys need mm. and it seems like except for loading and unloading which is all going to be different to base based on whether you're hauling dry goods or gas like fuel or um, food grade liquids that's all going to be different but there are some things that are basically the same that we could pretty easily change the content that we have to be customized towards tanker but i am telling you there's just nothing written down that yeah. i can find that's the story of the trucking industry right oh, it's man. oral tradition it is totally oral tradition it really is and i have said it for so long but every time i go into something new i find out that oh my god this is this i have to do it again for this yeah. one so i've already you know gone to sort of figure out reefers and gone to figure out, um, I don't know, like weights and dimensions. And, and then now it's, I'm looking at tankers and the different types of tankers. And I didn't even know that there were compartments inside tankers. I think I, in my head, when you see them going down the road, you just think it's just a big load of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> and it never occurred to me how the gasoline got into the tanker and how it comes out. Hmm. Until I started, until I started seeing pictures of, you know, where all the hoses go. You know, there's all these hoses everywhere and mm -hmm. you don't ever see them <laughs> because they're all like, they're all secured, but you, right. and you have to secure them. But it never occurred to me. They're like, oh yeah, you got to do something with the hoses. So yeah, it's going to be a fun time in the next six months. Interesting. Going to be all tanker all the time. Okay. What else is happening in the course world? Oh, so much. What have you got coming out soon? Um, uh, we have very soon, we will have um, pallet trucks, electric pallet trucks, pallet jacks, mm -hmm. um, hand-operated forklifts. That one is coming out. Um, walkies and riders, they have like 12 different names. Like everything in trucking, mm -hmm. there's 12 different names. Um, we have a couple of translation com coming out. Uh, there's a security awareness in Spanish. We have 
vehicle inspection for auto hauler, and that's going to be in French as well. Nice. Yeah. And what's happening with the uh, mental health course? You're working on something for that, which I'm very interested to see. We are. It's actually the words for that course are done, but right now we're working on the images okay. for that. So that's probably going to take a couple of weeks and I'm going to send it for audio probably next week. Oh, okay. So that's going to be... So what be... kind of things are you covering in that course? So there's two sections, and the first section is what mental health, like what an issue with mental health looks like. And it's it's difficult because mental health is a, it's a tricky thing to talk about. That's people, why I'm asking, because I'm very curious. Well, people don't like talking about it, and there's stigma around talking about it, especially because a lot of the times when you do your medical, if you have any depression or anxiety issues where you have to be on medication or something like that, there's a possibility you're not going to be able to drive because you won't get your medical, Mm. your medical won't go through. So drivers and basically in general, people in the trucking industry don't talk about any issues with mental health because it's a risk to their job, which is, I think is awful, but it's, this is, you know, this is kind of how it's always been done. So we can't do anything about that. Passing your medical is not something that we can control. But what we can do is explain what it feels like when you don't, when your mental health is in jeopardy. When you're starting to have certain feelings, it may just be happen every once in a while. But when it happens all the time and it's interfering with your life, then that's when you should get medical attention. So what we do in the first topic is talk about all the different types of Uh, mental health issues and talk about, you know, what the symptoms are and how you can tell when you're having an issue or when you're just, you know, having a bad day and what, you know, what to do about it. What are your options? And uh, so that goes into things like um, anxiety, depression, PTSD. There's a lot of PTSD that's happening especially when drivers have a, an issue with an accident. So or if they see a collision or the aftermath of a collision or they're involved in a collision or someone commits suicide by running out in front of them, which we know has happened, yep. uh, what, what do you do? What does that look like? So when you have, when there, when there is a collision, especially when there's a death, even if you don't think you have PTSD, you should actually monitor yourself for hmm. a little while. So that's one of the things that the course says is, is, you know, just watch out for it because PTSD in particular doesn't actually always happen right then. It happens, it could happen a month later, hmm. which is really weird. PTSD is, is very odd and it has different, different manifestations based on what's happened to you, what, how you're physically responding to it. It's like, you know, you're reliving things, tra- traumatic experiences that happened before. So you might get headaches, you might have panic attacks. There's all kinds of things that happen. Carriers should definitely monitor people who have been involved in collisions that cause severe injury or death, that kind of thing. And, you know, don't put them to work. Like yeah. make sure that they go to a doctor and get checked out for their mental health as well as their physical health. And don't just put them back on the road because the drivers will go back out on the road because they think that, you know, any any feelings that they may have are immaterial. Well, they also think I got to get back to making money. Exactly. I can't be sitting around home. Yeah. 
So the second topic, so we talk about all of these different things that can happen, especially to drivers. Uh, drivers who are spending a, a lot of time alone can, depression can set in just because you don't talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, how to, you know, how to tell you know, when it's an issue. And then the second topic is how to make sure that you kind of keep your mental health good. I don't, that's a terrible way of talking about it, but. Keep your mental health good. How to keep good. your mental health good. Oh. Yeah. Thumbs up for me. Uh, how to how to manage like so you exercise to keep your physical health right good. <laughs> I can't. I can't maximize stop your physical health. Thank you improve you. your physical health. Thank you. You're making you're asking me all these questions, making me talk, and I can't find words. And you can't good talk. I can't good talk. No, no. Uh, so you can do it. The same things actually work for your mental health. So eating well helps um, getting good sleep, helps getting exercise, helps. And if you are, if you are feeling symptoms of anxiety or depression, ha- it, like doing these things will actually really work well towards helping you get better. You don't necessarily have to go on medication or anything like that, but if you, you should be taking steps to improve your mental health, even just getting some fresh air every hmm. day for, you know, half an hour. Just being outside, having an animal with you can really help. And there's tons of things that you can do. And, and one of the biggest messages that we want to get out with this course is to talk about it. Talk yeah. about it. You know, if you don't have anyone to talk about it with your carrier, then find a group. Find, you know, if you have a pastor or a minister someone who can assist you, like find someone and there's lots of numbers to call. Well, it is definitely becoming an issue that is more on the surface, that isn't hidden the way it used to be. And that's certainly one of the things that's come through the pandemic. And we saw that in the best fleets, I think this year, and certainly last year as well, the last two years, fleets have been putting a lot more emphasis on Mm -hmm. mental health. They've been focusing on that through their wellness programs improving their benefits to have better coverage for those kind of supports and people kind of realizing that, yeah, you're out alone all the time. It can be rough. And the rest of the world has learned that when you're on your own, when you're isolated, Mm -hmm. it can be difficult. (laughs) As we all have had the great experiment from, of working from home and it's been, it is like lonely. Yeah. Zoom is, I mean, it's okay, but it's not Look, look how excited I am to go to truck world. No, to go to a trade show. I know. To go and stand on your feet for eight hours a day. I know. I'm talking not gonna, to strangers. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I think everybody is. Yeah. You know, the, are you going to truck world? Are you going oh, to truck yeah. world? Am I going to see you at truck world? You know, we, I think everybody looked forward to it anyway, but th- there's a bit of a more, it, it's going to be so nice to see people. And I think my mental health will be boosted for sure. Well, it's funny that you're talking about getting some exercise and stuff. And one of the things that we started doing through the pandemic that was really different for us is going for regular walks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed never, doing... Never, did that. I started enjoying doing it at night, particularly at night when it's dark and there's nobody around. I really enjoyed that. Uh, you like to do it earlier, like during the day when it's not as... Not as cold. Yeah. Like, stop taking me out in minus 10, okay? Takes your mind off things. Yeah, there is that. You just want to get home. Like, all of a sudden, you're dying to get back inside. (laughs) 
in your isolated house. Well, it was windy. It's really windy this winter. And I guess it is in this area. It's windy all the time. That's what kills me is is the wind. You never went out in winter. We wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Well, we did walk quite a bit when the kids were going to school. We would yeah. take them to school. We would always walk mm-hmm. twice a day. But we were forced to and we weren't. And that you know, was very we purposeful. Doing, yes. You know, we get to that point where we can walk pretty quickly to the school. Yep. And hang around and curse them for making us wait <laughs> after school for them to come out. And then we all head home. And the crappier it was, the more they wanted to be getting home fast, too. That was so. about the only good thing. But neither of us were walkers, no. ever. No. Uh, we were never, uh, no. Like, we had different ways of getting exercise, but walking was not one of them. And actually, I seem to remember that with you, you didn't want to walk for a while. No. And then finally... I made you do it a couple of times and then you actually started suggesting it. Yeah, well, it ends up being not just exercise and getting out of the house, but then it sort of is a way for us to talk through some things, to think through, Yeah, you know, it clears your head or forces you to think about things a little bit differently. So if we've got a particularly sticky problem that we're working through or some challenge that we have to figure out what our answer is going to be or sometimes, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. think about how we feel about something and how, <laughs> Or what is an appropriate response rather than our immediate response. <laughs> yeah, we did have some raging going on yeah, in our walks. It's not always just a pleasant casual walk. Sometimes no. it's a, it is a rage it's walk. A <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a stomp. It's a rage stomp block. around the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, we do have rage stomps. That is true. They're yes. probably quite amusing for other people or frightening. I'm not quite yeah. sure. And they do always cross the street to stay away from us. <laughs> Maybe that's not just social distancing. <laughs> it was, yeah. Ooh, these people. Them again? All right. <laughs> and we always have to go by the house that has the craziest decorations for every single holiday. Yeah. And like we're and talking. always different ones too. Like every Easter, it's all new stuff. This is, that's new. I don't think so. I don't think it's been new. Well, I haven't looked every Easter. Yeah, but they have like 20 foot inflatable Santas on their front lawn. And multiple. Yeah. Like multiple. Yeah, so yeah, the 20, there's like three 20 foot things on this, this one, and it's a relatively big front yard, but it's a front yard. It's like, what are they back? Like 20 feet from the house or 20 feet from the street? Um, these ones are longer. There's probably, it's probably 25 to 30 feet from the sidewalk. Okay. Because it's a pretty good so size. They've got, yeah, they've got a good size lot, but it is full. Yeah. It is full of these. And so they have the huge ones, but then they have like all of these medium-sized ones. Lots like, of little ones and things around there oh, too. Oh yeah, there's there's just decorations everywhere. There's things on the things hanging on the house. Then there's all these um, these puffy things, and I think sometimes they have lights. Oh yeah, they have a light show as well. Yeah, but it's for Easter. It's for Christmas. I think St. Patrick's Day they have stuff. They'll like, have one probably now for Mother's Day coming up. Yes, yeah. they do have a Mother's Day Canada one. Canada Day, like every holiday. Yeah, Canada Day. Yeah, they do Halloween. lots of them. Oh, Halloween. Halloween, Thanksgiving. In... Oh, Thanksgiving too. We have yeah. that. Yeah, it's so, crazy. So, yeah, we should really, you know, next year we should document it. Like yeah. all of the different things that they put on Well, they're making lawn. the rest of us look bad. I'm fine with not doing anything ever again. Yeah. Or, yeah, or they're... They're carrying the water for the rest of the neighborhood. Well, we they've they've been in the neighborhood. I think they came in about five or six years after we did. Like after the kids started school, I hmm. think they were. So they their kids 
have got to be in high school if they're still even there. Maybe. Unless they have a big family, but I've never seen any people there. Yeah, it's just, just a house that just, just the keeps spawning all these decorations. <laughs> I don't even know what we were talking about to get into we're this. We're talking about the walk because oh, it's a fair health. walk. This is part of our mental health. <laughs> so go see go. the weird decorated house. That's the, the, the takeaway from the course is go for a walk <laughs> and find the decorated homes in your neighborhood. And have a rage stomp. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the putting it back to your scavenger mm-hmm. hunt idea uh, from the truck show, there's the exercise that fleets can give to their drivers is walk around a truck stop and find the most fancy, most out there truck, the coolest paint job or something, and keep tracking that stuff. Here you go, scavenger truck stop, scavenger hunt. That's also a walk. See, I tied all the subjects together. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't recommend that. That's not something that I think drivers would be all that interested in. But I like the idea of the the getting out to walk. Mm-hmm. But that could be more of a, you know, you could do like a, I'm trying to think of the right word, like a drive, like, okay, this month, you know, spring is sprung. So let's get out and get, you know, a 15 minute walk and then document it with pictures and put, post them on social media. Where are you walking? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Where are Mm -hmm. you walking? Cause you know, you should, you should actually get out, you know, do something, maybe not outdoors, you know, here we just end up in the house. <laughs> walking around Trapped. in circles. <laughs> no, but we do, we exercise and things like that, but we may not get out. Sometimes I haven't seen like actual, the outside for a week. Hmm. Yeah, which is bad because every time I, you know, then I open the door and it's like, oh, that's what the air is, is supposed to be like. What fresh air yeah. is like. Yeah, computer air is different than fresh air. <laughs> but we also have, um, in terms of courses, well, we're also starting to work on the tanker stuff. Uh, defensive driving is going to be released. Um, it right. is released, actually. Oh, it's already released? Yeah, uh, but new stuff that you're working on. So the pallet truck thing, I knew that was coming. The mental health I was curious about. We're going to have a new winter driving for the fall. Um, we are going to have a personal security course. Mm. So keeping yourself safe when you're not actually driving so talk about cargo theft um how to keep your you know how to keep yourself safe um while you're at a truck stop uh keeping safe within the truck that kind of thing um we are working on a new version i just um we're gonna do a reasonable suspicion course for canada that's starting and i also want to do a revamp of our distracted driving course Oh, really? So, yeah. I looked at it and it, it needs to be updated. So that's going to be on the table. Mm. Um, what's Tiffany? Oh, Tiffany's working on TDG. Uh, we're doing an update for TDG. And so this is where all the tanker stuff came from because we know that we have customers who want to do TDG just for classes four and five. And uh, so we want to, we want to do a revamp of the whole thing and then take that course and then make a specific version for flammable fuels and gases and things like that. And I think, yeah, I think that's it for now. That's Is a that lot. enough? That's a, that's well, good. I've got four writers who are working on two courses each. Like, so everybody mm. has two courses on the go at the same time. Now, t- 
Tiffany only has the one, but she's working on a lot of translations. Hmm. So okay, but she can go fast when she when she's on a course, she'll she'll motor through it. Cool. So really, the what ends up being the weight is me reviewing <laughs> things. I know. Well, and speaking of that, I know I have dipped into your review day, uh, mm-hmm. getting you to record this podcast now instead of you our did. normal time. So I think we can probably go back to that and uh, go back to work. Yes. Really. Actually, we get a pack for Yes, we have to get ready for Truck World. So we have lots of other things we have to get to. So good time to wrap this up. So I think uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you at Truck World. Bye.